Hello, you have stumbled onto another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life, where we invite people on to help us to achieve those two goals. And our guest today has exactly that job description. Wanda Booth is a mastermind maven for women business owners who want purposeful results in their leadership, finances, and business. And basically, she helps women to create financial freedom. Hey, sound familiar? So I'm very excited that you and she could all be here together. Wanda, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so happy to talk to you. So I, uh, Wanda, thank you so much, first of all, for, for being here, for agreeing to speak to us today, because I feel like there's so many things that you do that you talk about, that you teach people about, that are especially germane now when we're in the middle of this COVID, you know, in the middle of people working at home who never had to work at home before, you're trying to get work done and your kids and your spouse and your everybody is there. And it's just very, you know, you talk about boundaries and I think, you know, you now have to maybe set boundaries that you didn't have to set before, right? I mean, how do you help people through that kind of thing? Oh, thank you. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. And I love your work. And we're going to get on, talk about your book because I'm all about <laughs> some millionaires. Yes, yes. I'm all about some empower millionaires in you. So we'll I'll talk Send me your advice. I'll that. gladly you're send you a copy. Yeah, you're, you're intermittent millionaire because you're speaking my love language. You really are. And I love this conversation. So one, let's go with um, staying at home. So setting boundaries is... I used to have to set boundaries at work, like you, everyone does, as a female, I'm a minority, and I'm like, I will not do this, I will take these tasks, or hey, coach, put me in, or, you know, hey, why didn't you ask me to do that, or whoa, why are you asking me to do that? (laughs) So, (laughs) So I had to set these boundaries in the workplace, in the military, also in corporate, but now I'm learning to set boundaries in home, and what that looked like is, so before when I started entrepreneurship and I was home more my kids thought being home means I was a stay-at-home mom and I was like no I still have a job and they're looking around what job? <laughs> and I was like I'm on zoom or I'm on a phone call okay okay we'll wait like no this is an hour-long call you talk an hour like and for them is why can't you take me to Walmart or why can't you pick me up why can't you make it here or drop me off oh by the way we're gonna do carpool I need you to pick up so-and-so so-and-so and so-and-so because their mom is working and I need you to pick pick us up I'm like I work t-. yeah and I quote that yes that is a direct quote <laughs> But it's so true, you know, and, and that's, it's funny because, you know, I told you this morning I was talking to someone else and, you know, income in, I'm going to say this a little quietly, inbounds my boyfriend saying, you know, we've, you've got this problem in the yard and you have to, you know, just, I said, I'm on a podcast interview, you know, he's like, well, you have to cancel it. And I'm thinking, the hell I do. <laughs> that's crazy. That's what he seems like. What work are you doing? Right. And then, uh, so you'll love this. So we're talking about multiple, well, I know later you believe in multiple streams of income, especially like real estate and real estate investing. I follow you as well. And I love your work. And I, it's brilliant. I, in real estate, I don't want to make it really, really, but I'm telling you guys, just a little snippet of, for Christine, real estate is it. If you want to make money, truly get into real estate. We're not making any more. So <laughs> um, one Thank of the you. things I had to start doing was, I work now and I just started this week. I work three days out of seven days and um, I don't have to, I have a pension. I retired the military. So I do very well. My pension, I have my business, I have a couple hustles. So financially we're good. But what I wasn't good on, I told him was structure. 
I need structure because I'm doing so much and my mind is a million places. I just need to get up at four. I need to show up. I need to do something for a few, like four. So I have the girl working five hours in the morning and it's just enough for me to, hey, how are you doing? It's simple task, but I'm able to get up, logically do things. And the job is so low key where I'm able to still write my blog. I'm st still able to do work while I'm there. Um, and I love it because it forced me to get up and it forced me to be around other people, hear other stories. And I said, I need that because entrepreneurship can be so lonely and I don't want to feel like I'm always competing or I'm always selling or I'm always convincing you. I want to be in a location or an environment where, hi, I'm just here. Just, I'm, I have no, just here. Hello. Good morning. Right. And that's what I've have come to realize. And plus it get me out the house for my kids because this COVID thing, Woo. If they couldn't do school, I have to go. So that's one reason everyone's like, well, everyone's like, well, why would you work? You don't have to. I'm like, you work. I have school. to. I say I have to. Like, I miss school. Like, I love the part where they were gone during the day, and then I can get stuff done. And then time they came home around three thirty four is when the teenagers come home. I'm like, okay, I'm done. All the biz, all the phone calls are today, and I can hang out with them or go to the track games or go to cheer or see if they were playing football or something. I can go to a game. But now that they're, goodness, I wake up, they're there. I go to lunch, they're there. I go to, and I love my kids. I'm like, yeah, one of us is going to have to leave. So I'm going to get a job. <laughs> so we're not going to survive the pandemic. <laughs> it's not going to be for I, I need to go. I need to go somewhere. And my kids are like, but why would you do I'm like, you don't understand. It's more to life than just money. It's more than, like sometimes in life, you need to do something that's going to give you structure. Right. And now they both have jobs this weekend because they were doing this summer because the summer sports here where we live have been canceled yeah. or minimized, depends on if a kid is you know sick or anything. So my kids are bored and I'm like, look, I love you, but because there's no summer camp, there's no cheer camps right now, there's no dance camps, I'm going to need you guys to work or do something. So yeah. that's what they're doing. So we found giving us something to do. And to serve in the community is really helping out. And I like that. So that's really the boundaries is you have to know yourself, know thyself and keep thyself busy. <laughs> Relationship going. <laughs> but I know so many people and, this, you know, real estate is notorious for this. You know, real estate agents have trouble setting boundaries because your clients, you know, they get nervous at 10 o'clock at night and they want you to talk them off the ledge. Like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Blah, 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 blah. And, and I have had, I've gone to seminars and stuff and seen people and i have to say it's primarily women mm -hmm. who are in tears because they just can't you know they don't know how to shut down they don't know how to set boundaries for their clients so that they they feel like you know they need me i can't help them they're not going to work with me if i don't pick up the phone at every hour of the day and night and you just got to say look at you know what do i need you know i've texted people you know somebody's called me when i'm at a, you know doing something and i'll just text them a picture of the baseball field and say hey i'm in a game you know I'll get back to you at this time. And as long as you tell people, right, mm -hmm. what to expect, usually they're okay with it, right? I mean, is that what you have found? Yeah, I, everyone's okay. And I love that you say ma uh, majority are women because I work with a lot of women. So, and like I always do the disclaimer to mm -hmm. guys, I have guys listening to me and talk to me all the time. Is I don't, I'm not going to discount the gentleman. I don't know what it is to be a man. I don't know how to act like a man. I don't know how to work as a man. So I don't know your world, but in the women world, and I've done it before, I've tend to just take a phone call late at night. And um, so before I was a financial advisor, so I was a broker, financial advisor. And when you're handling people money and you're um, dealing in the start market, whew, 
anytime soon the markets open i have phone calls if something happened if a, i don't know like with COVID, i'm so glad i got out before COVID. <laughs> i said oh my goodness how many phone calls do you get and then i was in i was in the market when china thing happened with trump and everyone's like oh my goodness this says made in china what should i do i'm like well <laughs> first of all we don't own that two what news source are you listening to? Like, like I'm gonna need you to back, calm down, breathe. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. Let's talk this through. Yeah. And talk I had to set boundaries. <laughs> I had to set boundaries. And I'm telling you, here's a secret for ladies. One, know, we always talk about in our mastermind, know your value. And what I mean by knowing your value is knowing your time is precious. Knowing that time you cannot get back. And be careful who you give it to. And even if we have clients, you, and I'm just going to have to say men and women, because in the military, men, the men officers tend to do better than the women officers. When the men was asked to do something, the men would be like, no, or I have this, or I have to be here. And the colonel would be like, okay, John, okay, Doug, no problem. Hey, Wanda. And I was like, I got something too, but I have kids, but I don't want to be known as a girl because I got kids, but John got kids too. And I took it personal. I'm a parent. He's a parent. He has a softball game. I have a softball game, but I miss softball game for my kid because I didn't want to be looked at as the person female because of my kids. But John said, no, because I'm going to spend time with my family. And I've done that personally. And then I had to grow up. And to be honest with you, because it's really growing up and just saying enough is enough and you know what i'm a faith person so i really was like lord take it just bring me people who understand that and since i've done that even in my financial career towards the end i have people like hey i don't work i used to take like seven o'clock appointments for in the evening i hated it especially in the winter time because it get dark and yeah. then sometimes i had like single guys would come in and i'm just like oh no or it just you don't want to work late at night or at night and by yourself leaving the parking lot and the other financial advisor guys uh -uh, i won't they don't take appointments after a certain time but me i was scared to miss something if i didn't take a seven o'clock appointment or that sunday morning appointment well i don't really need to go to church you know because this is their only day off i've done that so many times but i stopped it and since i've done that i'm telling you you're right it doesn't matter no they really respect you more for having boundaries and having a process. So that's the secret. Just do it. You get actually more respect. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, if you, if you treat yourself as a doormat, other people will are gladly going to step right on you. <laughs> right. I mean, it's true. People learn how to treat us. We teach people how to treat us. Yes. And you know, if we, if we aren't doing it intentionally, then who knows? <laughs> there, you, you're right. I love that because I heard who I can't remember who says, but they you teach people how to treat you. They don't know you from Adam, right. and you set the standard. If you set a low standard about yourself and what you're willing to do, then that's the standard for the rest of that relationship. And exactly, you got to have better standard relationships, I guess. Yeah, and I don't think people necessarily do it intentionally, right? I mean, I think it might be just you just pick up a vibe, right, mm -hmm. from somebody, and because I've sometimes taught caught myself, you know, speaking sharply to someone. And I think, you know, why don't I respect this person? And I have to come back and think about it. And you realize it's because they are like acting like a doormat. And that sort of behavior kind of gets under my skin. And I find myself getting annoyed with the people. And I'm like, you know, oh, you know, I, I just we have to check ourselves too, right? Like even just because yeah. someone's inviting us to treat them that way, we don't have to do it. You know, like you have to 
sort of step back and say, whoa, but that is true. Yeah. yeah, I can do that. I can be, I like things a little, I'm very, I make decisions very quickly. Yeah. I do. And my husband, he doesn't. And um, <laughs> he does, he wants to analyze it. And it's so crazy for men and women, our relationship, I'm more of like the man brain. and He's more the female brain. And he's like, well, how many days and how many people do you talk to? I'm like, look, I got one estimate. This is what it is. I like the girl is done. They'd be here tomorrow at four o'clock, you know, whatever. And he's like, <laughs> but you didn't do this and what color are you sure we want to do this dude this is it done like i'm so bad god, i can relate I to you that. so much oh my god <laughs> so much i think our husbands are related i mean my boyfriend in my case but i, they, I, oh, I, no, do. I my, think they're related I have a blue too. <laughs> yeah but it's like i i'll i feel and i say you know i feel like you question every freaking decision i make but it's just like you say he doesn't he doesn't have all the boxes checked he doesn't have all the analysis done so he doesn't feel confident and comfortable making that decision where i'm just like gut you know going with my gut going with my gut but your gut is yeah. based on your all the things that came before it all your history all the stuff you've already learned so i think so it's just everything and then you just have to have a good i call it the kit bag in the military i was because you have to make oh this is really good since we're almost going there all are already about men and female in the workplace one of the things and as we're talking about wealth and I'm thinking about your real estate is when you're in certain jobs, you have to make quick decisions, right or wrong and different, make a decision. Right. And if you're slow with your decision, it seems like you don't trust yourself. You have, you lack confidence or you just don't have enough experience. So I always aim to get all the hard jobs, always do all the crappy things so I can get as much experience as possible and fail quickly. I love failing. I want to fail first, quick, now. <laughs> I throw crap on the wall. You guys can see my social media from like two years ago. Literally, I have so much crap out there in the world, but I love it <laughs> because I can say, oh, don't use that camera. Don't use this. And people are still like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. This is why. Because well, how do you know oh, I did it and it don't work? My bad. And But I love that about me. I love right. just going for it, but I have more opportunities when you go for it because I want more stuff in my kit bag, you know? Exactly, exactly. And that fail forward, right? That, mm -hmm. that every time you, you, okay, yeah, screw that up, but get it over with, you know? I mean, analysis paralysis, crimes, you could look at it and study it for the rest of your life and never do anything, you know? But I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all about, he's like, you just don't care. I was like, mm -hmm. as long as you don't kill me. And even then I'm kind of like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't kill me yeah it is what it is you can fix i can fix everything else <laughs> everything exactly. is fixable <laughs> exactly exactly that's cool i like you <laughs> thank you <laughs> so i you know you talked a little bit about your you know well i mean this isn't really necessarily true for you but you you went off and got a job didn't necessarily have to be something that you needed or wanted but you, just to get out of the house but how do you like, I know a lot of folks are not working. I talked to a lady yesterday. She had a job. She worked at this place for 15 years, same company. And, you know, they're a rent-a-car place. They're not renting any cars. They had to let her go, even though she had a high-level position. And now she's like, what am I going to do now? I think there are a lot of folks in that situation. How can you help people sort of pivot and okay. find new opportunities from that, you know, from pull themselves and something new out of the ashes? 
Okay, so thank you. Great, great question. So let me, I'm going to attack that question two ways because I think you have to be creative. I am a, I'm one of those weird people. I'm very creative, but I also have like the math and science brain and I'm very, um, like everything has to be logical, analytical. However, I, I, I still have good intuition. I'm a weirdo. Like I'm one of those unicorn people. So I'm blessed to have that. But my creative side has been this fabulous now so like you write a book write blogs i am now like speaking writing blogs doing more on zoom i kind of like it because i live 45 minutes away from kansas city where we, and kansas city is our big city here and that's where all the speaking all this all the stuff going on in the city is 45 minute drive and now with corona it's all here so instead i'm like hey i can still speak to your group let's do it on zoom and people are like okay i have had more participation and more things doing it so I still do what I'm doing but I just created a different way to do it and uh, writing books um, writing I'm doing uh, worksheets right now workbooks and just little ones and you can sell those like essays planners so shift and do and tapping your creative side especially if you are creative and two finding a job now this is my, now, like I said before, for me financially, I really don't have to stress about job. I'm not saying I don't have to work or something like that. So don't try to call me out on that. I do work <laughs> because I like money and I like going on cruise and I like nice things. <laughs> you know, I, I have to have a job for that. But if you just hear me out, um, I decided to work. So I'm a, I work at the gym. I'm going to be honest with you. So I took a job at our gym. We have, you know, one of the national brand gyms here. I work out every morning and one of the girls was just acting a little, you know, the front desk and she quit. And I made a joke when I was working out to the manager and I'm just like, ha ha ha. If she doesn't come back, I'll take her job. I need something to do in the morning. And he's like, okay. And then two days later, he called me. He's like, Hey, were you serious? She really did quit when she walked out. <laughs> was like oh okay I was like sure and he's like is you know we don't pay that much it's just this I said you know what I come here anyway but I like the staff I like the environment but I need to get up in the morning I want to be responsible front desk is good I have the money to save so they give me responsibilities and it doesn't pay but what it does pay for now and I had to break it down to my my boo thing is at first he was like how can you take a job after having a master's and you do this and you do this that's beneath you and, and so I got that conversation and I said it's really not beneath me like I don't think of people like that and this is not the season to be classifying people so I was like well let me work here because one, if I work one day at the gym a month, that pays for the whole month of my membership. Two, okay, my daughter, okay, she needs a car soon. So we need to pay for that. And I said, so that and knock that out. And I said, then because I'm not spending my personal funds or my savings, I can actually knock out a car payment and get her a little bit nicer car now. So I'm thinking like, I should do this little gig can help me financially know the things. Plus I want to invest. I'm an investor. I like investing now. Stocks are low and I've already been putting some money away in certain stocks and I want to buy more. So with this job, I'm able to buy more stocks when they're to me, this is a discount. So that's what I'm looking at the money for. And it's, you know, I do what you do. I, you know, I allocate stuff. So if I make money in this way, it goes here and I make money in this way, it goes here. And it just allows you to have little buckets that you don't have to have any guilt about you know, this money is for my daughter's car. Boom. Until that's paid for, that's where it's going. And, you know, you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm stealing it from over here. Or I'm, you know, I'm using, I'm, I'm minimizing my investments in stocks or whatever. You're, you're everything's just an addition. Uh, and I yeah. think that, that's a good way to, 
but that yeah. goes into what you're what you preach is about you know that financial independence right and then i think it's live long so if you want to live long you got to have less stress stress yeah. comes from debt and expenses which means you have to have that i love that feel so you have to have the financial independence and financial independence means i'm able to take a minimum wage job and take that money and see the beauty and the value in it to pay for a car for my daughter or to invest more rather than and not taking away I, i'm being very careful but i want to talk about the financial independence because i believe in it where if you do get furloughed or you lose your job i'm not outside you know what i'm saying it's, I'm, I'm not at the end and then even if you are getting like um i've heard rumors i don't know it's true but people are getting um unemployment checks and it's more than what they will usually get in their regular pay i hope to god that you're saving that i hope you're using that extra that is more than your regular pay paying off that debt, paying off your credit cards, doing stuff, because that's a blessing not to be saying, oh, I'll make more sitting at home than doing nothing. If you are making more, God bless you, but do something to reduce your debt, reduce those expenses. So when that ends, you're not going to see yourself in another situation because this too shall pass, but then also another crisis shall come in another 10 years. So just like this will pass, we're going to be right back in another situation. Yeah, absolutely. I, and it's, you know, part of what I try to do, and, and I think this is part of what you do too, because you talk to people about financial freedom and financial, you know, becoming. Be um, so what does financial freedom mean to you? Mm. And how do you help people to, to achieve it, to, to understand their money, right? Because I think a lot of it comes from ignorance. Yes, it is. So let me, let me. I'm trying to think the best conversation I'm going to go with my divas because we talk about, so I have a mastermind. It's all women. I like women and I just relate to them better when it comes to business and I don't have my guys divas, but if I have 20 of you guys, this is a plug. We can get together and do a mastermind. Okay. So, <laughs> but we have the million dollar business divas and what the goal is, is to earn a million dollars a year in your business. I give them that goal because I need for you in order when you have a goal you begin to plan and make strategy it's something weird about a goal right if you say I just hope to get whatever I can you will get two dollars <laughs> you know I just hope to sell just a house well then you will sell just a house but if you have the goal of something high in every month in every year and every decade, do your best to grow as a person to accomplish that goal, you will achieve it. So in that goal is financial freedom. Financial freedom to me means truly to have the options and the choice to live the life I want. And I thought about this and I'm glad you said it because now I'm talking, I was talking to my, um, I'm calling my husband. I was talking to my husband and <laughs> you guys got to love me. I have a business of humor. So I was talking to him about that. And he, when he was saying, making joke of me, like, I can't believe you're taking this job. Like, dude, you have a master's. Why would you just want to take some job at the gym? I said, cause I have the freedom to, because I can work minimum wage. I, my kids are paid, like I'm strict, right? oh, my only concern right now is how do I buy a 16 year old child a car? People are trying to find a car for themselves. People are trying to pay their rent, trying to pay their mortgage. They're just trying to pay the electricity. And my 
financial woe is, hmm, what car should I get my 16 year old? And she's looking at like SUVs. That's another conversation. But she has that choice in her life and the way she lived, she's looking at like crossovers. And if you guys are know how much crossovers are usually in the low end, but for her mind, why can't we get that? That's financial freedom. When she has the option to look at a crossover with faith that mom, can I get this this vehicle? And I have the faith to say, yeah, well, let me let me figure it out. We can do this. Let's have a discussion. And I can work a job where regardless our rent, mortgage, and our expense, our necessary expenses will be paid. So that's freedom. And I'm blessed for that. So what I try to do and how I do is have the conversation about million dollars. I love, like, I'm going to give you a shout out once again, and I'm going to continue to, because I love that you say you're in inner millionaire, because I relate to the million dollar theme. And that's their base goal. And I tell the women, when we always do the brief, I say, Hey, your goal is to get a million dollars a year in your business. I had one woman set up and she was like, this is ridiculous. This is too much. I was like, whoa, 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 stop. Why is it too much? Why? First, just tell me why it's too much. It's helped me understand your mindset. So she was telling me why it's too much money. No one needs a million dollars. This, this, this. I said, okay, I believe you. But can I tell you why I want a million dollars? Can you hear me out? She's like, yes. And I'm like, okay. One, I want to pay my home off. Because in a crisis like this, in any situation, this is just one. It could get worse in 20 years from now. I would like to own my home so no one kicks me out. I'd like to. I'd like to have no debt. I would like to make sure my kids, I have teenagers and I was one of those women I had my kids back to back so literally I got one in college well one just graduate college I got two in high school now and as soon as one is graduating the next year the other one graduate so I'm gonna have kids I, w- I didn't think it through when they were young it was cute when they're together but as they're older I have like two colleges age kids and like right now I have two kids in cars and I want to make sure they're debt free and then I want to um make sure there's other certain things my husband wanted to finish it paying his Harley off there's just little it's a bitsy things personally that we need to get done and as you written as I written down everything I wanted to get done I still had a I, my million dollars went away quickly and then yet remember is the taxes in there and then she was like oh million dollars is nothing that's so now I tell yeah a million dollars ain't nothing and then she's just like oh well, I guess I got to get started. And then now she's re-looking at the million dollar goal. I said, don't worry about it. Uncle Sam's going to take 50% of that. So, exactly. so, so don't worry. So 500,000, then. let's be realistic, but let's get to a million. So at least I can get you 500,000. If you have a nice house, that's already almost half of it. And, and you know, what you said too, though, like what she said, oh, no one needs a million dollars. That's from, that's like, programming from way back right you know wealth is evil and you know rich people are mean and whatever and you know what's the expression you know that basically a rich man could never fit into the eye of a needle or whatever you know all the stuff that we're taught from when we're kids but at the end of the day hey if you don't feel like you need a million dollars then give it away then give it to charitable organizations give it to your church give it to your you know whatever you believe in it's okay but in order to overcome that idea that, you know, a lot of money is evil, then maybe it helps people to just say, you know, you fine, don't keep any of it. You don't have to keep, you can earn this million dollars and you can spend the rest of the year figuring out how to disperse it throughout the world to people who need it, to organizations who you support. And, and hopefully that puts that whole thing to bed, right? That like, oh, I don't need it. I don't need it. I know one needs a million dollars. Okay. Well, 
Well, I have a I have a list, and once all the ladies go through the checklist, and they're like, oh we do need a million dollars. And I love the ones that have goals. Like you said, that's a big one is the nonprofit. Cause a lot of the women I work with have nonprofits or they have a heart for nonprofit. And they always make the comment like, Oh, I wish I can give, Oh, I'm going to give more. I said, see for me in my belief, that's wrong because I don't wish I can give more. I need to earn more so I can give more and help more women with whatever counseling, if it's food, if it's um, shelter, housing, whatever it is, I want to be able to be a servant and give into this world and so I want money to come through me so I can push it out to places it needs to go and that's the way I look at finances and when you look at it that way to me the more you will receive and the more I push out and I help so many friends and my kids friends that come over here to think it's I call my son downstairs area like a frat house all his friends come over and they want to visit and hang out with us and they're like because it's nice here and you feed us and I'm like okay <laughs> Like a fret house over here. <laughs> Still true. The made of a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> oh my goodness. Those boys. Yeah. And they're like football and basketball players and they come and eat. But I love that because we have a home where they can come and joke, have fun, watch TV, have all the food and pizza they want, but it's not hurting me to pay for two large pizzas, you know? And I'm just, it just, it just makes my heart good to see kids happy. Yeah. So finances do that. I mean, I'm right. pretty, but pretty looks don't pay for pizzas. So <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I need money. Not in a way I mean, you might want them to anyway. It's <laughs> you a big know? price to pay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a whole nother podcast, people. But I'm I tell people all the time, I know I'm beautiful, but come on now. Come on. Some you know, people are gonna want money. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's why that's I have true. to do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> So you're, you were talking before about, um, well, we were talking about boundaries and stuff like that, but part of it, part of setting goals and part of doing that and what you've experienced in the military is, you know, being a great leader, being able to make decisions, being able to get people to follow and believe in those decisions, right? If people are questioning your decisions, then that's, you know, yeah. people are going to get killed potentially, you know? So yes. what, what traits do you think make up a great leader? How do you think? The great leaders, I think one, the best trait, one of the, well, let me say one of the best. One of the best, I do believe, is vision. They have to have a vision and then be able to articulate it and tell people what it is. So once people, and I noticed even my own uh, leadership, my leaders, once I understood what they wanted, what the mission was, and I could grab a hold of it, and you also encourage your people and your team not to not to have your exact vision, but that grab, I guess the part is like grab a hold of a task, their belief as it relates to making the vision possible, that they know that without their little tiny piece of the pie, their, the whole vision won't come together because that's when you have the unity. And that's what I've missed really about military is how we're set up in structure. And I have my specialty, so I did logistics. So I was in supply. I am needed supplies. You need supplies, right? But then I have to give bullets to the guy that shoots all the time. Thank you. We need you. Then we need the truck drivers to drive it. We need the water. We need the fuel. We have all these pieces of people who are specialties and they are experts at what they do, but then by themselves, they're nothing. But when in the military, when we come together, oh, there's nothing we can't do, but we, re we respect and we understand your role, even the hierarchy, the chain of command with the general down to the colonel below. 
Ike, sir is sir, ma'am is ma'am. Yes, no, you you do as you're told. But that's also, it's not even a respect. And I hate when people are talking about respect is earned. Uh, I'm questioning that right now in my life. I think respect is all, it just obligated, it's necessary. You should show respect to somebody, one, because they're a human. And then two, you show respect because you have to understand it's not easy to be in a leadership position. It's not easy. And until you sit in that seat, as my um, commander used to tell me, I used to talk so much trash. Like, oh, if I was in charge, I would do this. And I can't wait to be in charge. I used to say that to him all the time. And then I was in command. And then we met up again in Iraq many later years later, and he was senior to me still, you know, and he's like, so how is it being in command? I was like, oh, sir, I apologize. I felt like a child. I apologize for all the things I've said to you. It is harder than it looked. <laughs> I thought it was easy, and I was telling him what he should do, what decisions, but till you bear that responsibility of that vision, if you will, that mission, you never will know. Yeah. So. The armchair quarterback, right? <laughs> <laughs> always. It's always easy to look at someone else and say, oh, they should be doing that. Oh, why, why is she doing uh, that? Why is she wearing that? Why is she? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So easy to do. So who, can you think of a, a, like a great leader who you worked with or under or around that really yeah. inspired you and made you think, oh yeah, this is what a leader is all about? Yes. Oh my goodness. I was blessed. So in my career, Unlike a lot of people who would talk, I was blessed to have so many great leaders. I don't know, it's just the tide or the stars were aligned for me. Um, I started as a private and I ended up um, retiring as an officer. So that was good in itself that someone saw me to switch me over to the officership side. Um, my, oh my goodness, I would say Staff Sergeant Harley. I would go as low when I was a private because I used to date a guy. And this is one thing about leadership. So I used to date a guy and I guess he was doing drugs or something. And he was like, Hey, you know, get break up with him. He's no good for you. And I'm like, what? And I'm young. I'm like 18, 17. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, no, just, he's no good. Break up with him. It's okay. So I broke up with him. I say, well, between starting to tell me how to break up with you because you're no good. And I listened. I was not hard headed. Two weeks later, he got busted for marijuana in his barracks. So I'm like, whew. I'm so glad I was not in that situation. He saw something. So right there as a leader and that I, he was just somebody who saw something and knew my value. He knew that I was more than what he think, or I'm, I'm assuming now that I'm older, but at 18, you had an 18 year old mind. He was just trying to tell me what to do. <laughs> but now I see as a, as a parent, you can see things and you have intel and information that kids don't have and, uh, or your team doesn't have, or new employees doesn't have, but they think they do, but they don't. So I've been there too, thought I was a know-it-all, but I look back on him and I have so many other great, especially my officership, but I'm going to say staff aren't hardy because he was the first and I was a young little kid. And because of that situation, I think now he allowed me to trust for 25 years later, anybody else who told me go left, go right, listen here, don't do this because of him, he set the standard because he was right. And that was, that's a good leader. Yeah, it's true. That is, that's it's wonderful, isn't it? When you have encounters with people in your life that just like set the stage for your success for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You just think, wow, 
what if you wouldn't have done that, right? Who knows what would have happened, you know, if you wouldn't have met that person, if you wouldn't have had that situation, you could have been with him when he got busted, you know, I mean, right? Your whole life could have taken a a whole different career. Yeah, it could have been a whole nother career, nothing. Who knows what this situation. So I thank God that he saw something, but had enough to tell me the truth. And I had enough to listen and not with my heart, but listen with my head and be like, okay, obviously he's not trying to mess with me or anything. He must be, but I knew his heart though. He was a good leader. And I used to tease him like he wasn't like my daddy. So, and I was the, almost choked up. That's another thing too, like parenting. Um, I see a lot of issues in the world and even in employees because the lack of parenting in the house and then they become lack of discipline in the um, workplace as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you think? Uh, No, I mean, what you talk about a great point. I mean, I see kids say they don't have any integrity. They don't do what they say they're going to do. They don't show up when they say they're going to show up. They're late all the time. They just don't care because they're raised by the television. You know, their parents are working or whatever, or they're, you know, they might not have two parents in the home and the, you know, whoever it is who's raising them might just not be able to be around as much as they want or whatever. And it's just, it is easier to let the let the television raise your child. You know, what I mean? it's definitely easier to say, "Oh, I can't amuse you anymore. Go watch Sesame Street or whatever they're watching." You know, and then that turns into, I mean, how do you think it's different for moms in the work in the working world compared to dads? I mean, you touched on it a little bit already, but right. I think I think mothers is a lot difficult because you have this thing called mom guilt. I have it, had it, still having it. Um, even though my kids are older and I'm out of the military now, I still have mind guilt because those little things, and that's why I call them little things, those people <laughs> that live in my home know how to <laughs> manipulate me and know how to say, well, mommy wasn't there, you know. If anybody ever saw the video on um, GoFinger or something, I think like daddy wasn't there. Yeah, that's our little song here. Like mommy wasn't there because I left him a lot for deployments. And so I tend to always try to overdo so they would know I love them. Same thing in the workplace, women, and that's not one thing I can speak on, we tend to overdo so we can prove that we're a good employee, we're a good teammate, or we a good leader. We tend to stay later when we really don't have to. We show up on weekends when we don't have to. We take jobs, clients, and positions that we shouldn't have to, don't have to. But it's a way, psychology, and it's all of us do it, including myself, no, one, no better, but we just need to have the conversation. We take on these things just to prove we're just as good, not even better, just trying to be equal. I think it's sickening. I think it's sad. And it breaks my heart that we go overboard to the point of tears and mental breakdown just to be equal. It's just insane to me, not even to be better, equal. Can you just hear the words? And it's hurt my heart because if you do all that you do, you should be out there you should be superb you should be excellent but you're not you're equal so i personally have stopped bending over i have stopped doing stuff and that's another thing age is such a blessing <laughs> <laughs> hear me young ladies if you're in your 30s and below or you just young 40s i'm older than 40 so i can talk a little trash now but honey, <laughs> when you get to 40 you start figuring out things don't matter when you start looking at 50 you just glad you got up in the morning my hip doesn't hurt and then i'm trying to make it a 70 and 80 now you know i got a contest now with my spiritual mom she's 70 
25 and she still like work out she walks and she looks good then and I'm like lord okay let me just make it to 75 let me just look like her at 75 so <laughs> but it takes you taking care of yourself today and I think women have it difficult because one we put it more on ourselves than the environment I hate to say that I don't think anyone really make you stay late make you do anything I think we do it to ourselves that's my personal experience so when we say we have it hard I love us women but I think we need to look and like really how do we have it hard are we making it hard on ourselves just so we can play in the game right absolutely you know it's funny you reminded me of a conversation I had the first time I went to Morocco I would I mm. had a conversation with a guy there and and I said you know you know, we, we actually, you know, had a very open conversation and, and uh, I was able to be upfront with him. And I think he was able to be upfront with me about things. And I said, well, you know, you have a reputation, not you personally, but you know, this, this country has a reputation for treating women badly and for being, you know, like it's a very male dominated society and, and stuff like that. And he said to me, and I'm still, you know, I still sometimes think about it and think of all the ramifications of what he said, but he said, the women raise the children. The women raise the children. So they could raise them with any type of values they wanted, really, right? In a way. And, and I just thought, you know, you're right. They have that power, but they're choosing potentially not to use it. Or maybe they don't, obviously, they don't know how to use it. They don't have a clue how to use it. And the, and the bigger society is able to, you know, kind of wield its influence. You got me thinking about that because... I wrote a paper, in, uh, so for my master's um, for human resource, I wrote a paper. Um, there's something about um, there's no there's no um, glass ceiling to shatter. That was my thesis, and I wrote that, and I got a lot of like, you know, and we're like, what? What are you talking about? There's no glass ceiling, and I love it, and I wish now I can find that paper. It was so oh, many computers ago. But um, the whole thesis about it, and I, I might have to write an article about it again, is I don't believe there's a glass ceiling because in their thesis, I, put, I remember put like four or five different reasons. And one of the reasons was, one, women take themselves out of the corporate race to start their own business because they want to be more creative and they want flexibility. Two, I put down for family. Women take themselves out of the corporate race because they want to start a family or the maternity leave is not enough. Six weeks isn't enough for them. They rather spend six months with their child or a year with their child, two years with their child. And that's nothing wrong, but that's a choice you're making, right? right, right. So I was like, so for me personally, I feel there's no glass ceiling because and I'm kind of naive, I guess, and I'm going to say because I was in the military, I was able to literally go from private to officer and got every duty station I wanted, had three kids at the duty and still, and I, you know, yeah, I deployed and left my kids, gave up custody. So I did the gamut, but I chose those decisions, but there's, my kids are okay. My situation is okay. And it just, just remind me like, are there really a glass ceiling? I know we said it back in, this, I think it was 70s uh, when it was coined, but today, is there really a glass ceiling? And I still believe there's not because I think you can go higher as, as you want. And for me, my glass ceiling breaker and the person I have to look through every day personally is Oprah Winfrey. That is like one of my awes <laughs> right, that I look at. And yes, because she's a black woman, that is true. Yes, because she comes from nothing, that is true. She comes from the South and that's me. And she loves to talk like I do. I look at her and I remember her story and I'm like, hmm. Now, if that big woman 
weight, dark skin, short curly. You saw the old videos. She's had a little short little itch hair and she talks about it all the time. Like look at her back in the 70s when she had nothing, dark skin, just as chubby she wants to be and make it till today a billionaire. There's no glass ceiling. I just have to make the choices and continue to go forward no matter how hard it is. And it's hard for everybody, but it's only harder for the one who stopped and get jealous and hate on the one beside you. Don't get mad. If you come in second place or third place, figure out how to come in first or second. Yeah. Just don't get mad. And it's really what eat people up, I think, is the bitterness, the regret, the resentment. I think more people are angry about that than a glass ceiling. Yeah. It's true. It's persistence, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. belief. It's a goal. It's knowing exactly what you want and step aside everybody. Cause I'm going there and I'm going to get it, you know? And I think she, she sort of had that, like, you know, life's been done to me. Now I'm going to do it to life. Right. <laughs> like, right. And she just had faith and just, and I love when you hear her talk, like I just did it to serve and I did it to help and it worked, but she was smart and a lot of people didn't catch what she said years ago with the Oprah Winfrey show. And this relates to financial independence have ownership, equity in your craft, have equity in your talent, in your intellectual property, even your name, own your name, own what you do. So everything you write, put your name on it, write a book like you did. And I did write, do a podcast, put your name on it. Like, don't say it's to something, something, put your name, who are you? Put your picture. We're talking about signature block, put your name, your address, your picture and your signature block. Let people know who you are, have ownership and equity. And then when you take the responsibility saying, if it fails, it fails, but if it succeeds, it succeeds. And that's what I think a lot of people aren't willing to do is to put their equity and put their whole heart into something until it succeeds or fail. Yeah. And, and you know what, you touched on a really smart thing that Oprah always did is that she did keep ownership. She didn't, there's a word, but I'm, I've lost it. But, you know, she didn't allow someone else to make all her financial decisions to make all her. She said, educate me. I'll make my decisions. Not like, you know, I'm just going to give it over and, and hope somebody, because how many famous people, actors, actresses, sports people, people who should be billionaires and millionaires aren't right? Because they trusted their business manager. They trusted somebody who was more interested in themselves than, than, than they were about, you know, the person who they're supposed to be protecting. Yep. Know your stuff. And like, yeah, she did that with a check or something and something happened. And ever since then, she writes every single check, every payroll. She wants to see what's going on, who is who. And she goes and meet, you hire somebody. She said, I want to meet you and make sure you exist. I love that. <laughs> her company haven't gotten too big. And then for her to have hired two CEOs, so they do the dual CEO of ship while she stands back and maintain ownership and let two people run it where she can sit back and still look. That is what we do in the military. It's called the triad, the command triad. You have the commander, then you have an ETSO and a first sergeant. The first sergeant is doing his piece with the, um, in, with the enlisted NCOs. Your ETSO is doing everything with the officers and training and their second command. But then the commander have that freedom and space to look and to see the whole picture and tell this person what to do, tell this person what to do. And that's the best way to run any organization. You can't do it by yourself. So yeah. if you're blessed to get your little triad, that's how you make millions. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So Wanda, what should I have asked you that I failed to ask you? What, what else do you want to share that I didn't touch on? 
um, let's see here. What? Oh my goodness. Oh, I really, I can't, I know whenever I get this question, I always say is for Phil is enough because I think whatever people need to listen to, cause we went a lot of good places. And the only thing is I was, I would just have a comment and say, one of my things is insight 2020. And I truly believe that, believe that more than ever, especially with, um, 2020 COVID going on and yeah. the protests and everything going on this year. My one thing I like to just tell people is have your vision. We're, I'm depending on when you listen to this, but we're in the summertime. So you got the halfway point, continue moving forward. I mean, yeah, things suck. Things can be bad, but don't look at it that way. Always focus forward. Cause as I said, this too shall pass, but then also within seven, 10 years from now, this too shall come again. So always be prepared and vigilant. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Um, now, if people want to reach out to you, they want to, they want to get in touch with you and have you help them with their leadership or with their millionaire aspirations or whatever, how can they reach you? Yes, thank you. The best way everyone to reach me is I own my name. So Wanda, W-A-N-D-A, Booth, B-O-O-T-H, just WandaBooth.com. That is my main website from there. You can get everything, um, how to work with me. Even I have a, a link on how to contact me. You can get on my calendar. We can even have a conversation for an hour. I'm open to that as always. Um, then when you reach me there, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I really do like LinkedIn. I love the professional network there. And I own my name. So just Google Wanda Booth. You can find me. I try to be in Google as much as possible. And if you can't find me, then my people aren't doing their job. So, <laughs> so that's why I wanted, if you can't find me, you need to send me an email, <laughs> you know, because obviously my people don't do what they're supposed to do. But if they're doing it right, if you Google me, you should find me. So let's and see what, how well, how, how, how well, well they my work. Team, how, how good, <laughs> check out my team. That's my challenge. Google me and check out my team. <laughs> Excellent. And then we're also going to put links to you and all of your websites and some of the things that we talked about today on on the podcast website, which is getyourfillpodcast.com. And there you can also see the video if you want to see us talking in person. <laughs> see Wanda's beautiful smiling face. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> is she this fun? Yes. I'm a good time. <laughs> Absolutely. Could it be true? Yes. <laughs> yes. Smart, cute, and funny. Yes, it's impossible. And <laughs> one package? No way. That's what I know. I just what I'm like I don't know why I'm single for so long. I'm beautiful, smart, have a degree, business, make money, and I was off. What explains is, it? What is it? That explains it right there. Intimidation factor. <laughs> Intimidation I factor. Kids, I can birth. I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, I'm a total package. Come on, people. Well, I was I was single for so many years. I know that's too much, but whatever. No, it's me fun. too. That's me another too. conversation. Single and successful. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes it's easier to be single and successful because you can focus. Although you had your kids, so that does make it more challenging. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody who's listening, that's a little bonus. Being, it's okay to be single success. I laugh and joke about it, but I'm telling you, when I was by myself for a couple of years and um, I was in an ETSO position, I was able to focus. I wrote, I did a podcast. I worked in the military. I was coaching people. I was on fire because it was just me. 
And then when I brought my kids back in my life, then it was like, boom, boom, boom. So kids do make it hard. So I do have a heart for mothers and families who are in business of any type and corporate world. It's not easy raising a family and still trying to earn funds, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? One more quick thing. Can you just tell people like a couple of tips for taking care of themselves through COVID, Mm -hmm. through all this, you know, togetherness with the family and fear of, you know, being sick or something happening or whatever. I mean, what, what can we do to take care of ourselves better? Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Right now I'm working on, um, I'm calling this inner self-care and it's a little project. It's not done yet, but um, go to my, hopefully I have it done time you get to my webpage, but I'm looking at this new notion of, that I'm exploring called inner self-care because it's self-care, even as myself, I will go like get my hair done, get my nails done or go to a spa, but I would still feel crappy. I would still feel drained. I would still feel tired. So what I have now um, with age, I'm loving this age thing, have come to realize that self-care needs to be a little bit deeper you know, like cleaning, sometimes you can do surface cleaning, but you can do deeper cleaning, right? So I'm thinking about this thing called inner self-care where meditation, like really sitting down for five minutes, not even trying to meditate, just breathe. Can you sit for five minutes and breathe? Because I know a lot of people tell me I can't meditate. That's fine. Don't even try then. Just breathe. And just trying to get a breath in and out and control your breathing. Because I think we take on so much, uh, we're anxious, we're always stressed, we're always trying to get to the next thing that we don't sit and settle. Because I believe we have all the answers within us. And if we just sit and listen, I think it will come. And then eating right right now, I have kind of like, even with COVID, I was one of the guilty ones. Watching YouTube, watching Netflix. I think I don't see anything. I think I've seen Hamilton like four times already. So... <laughs> Disney. I'm telling you, I've just been watching television when I don't, I don't even watch TV, which is crazy. But COVID is just some, that little something like you want to eat snacks and all those memes. And I'm like, "Mm, you're right as I'm eating (laughs) snacks. So I gained weight in COVID for no reason, particularly just because of the brainwashing. And I would say working out and eating right. Just if you take care of your basic body, take care of your mind and for the soul, just be around good people. Find you one or two people, at least one, two good ones, and just laugh, 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 and laugh, joke, make fun of everything that's going on in this world right now. Just make fun of it and laugh and have fun and humor. I think you'll be healed. And I think that's what we need. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much, Wanda. I really appreciate meeting you. Wanda, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your time and sharing all your leadership wisdom with us. And thank you, listener, for listening. Be sure to be here next week when we have Dr. Danny Brassel, who is a reading advocate, I guess is the best thing to call him. But he's also a a great, amazing guy, real interesting, and has a lot to teach us about teaching and engaging young people and actually ourselves. So don't miss that. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe, okay? Click the subscribe button because you do not want to miss another episode exciting episode of Get Your Fill. Everything that we talked about today, all the resources that Wanda brought up and anything else we think might be of interest to you is on the website, getyourfillpodcast.com. So be sure to click over there and check out what we've got in store for you. And be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss Dr. Danny Brassel and anybody else that we have coming up in the very near future. And in the meantime, have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening.